every League of Legends champion basically starting off is just young and impulsive. <laughs> and then Runeterra sets them straight, and they're champions now because they survived being young and impulsive. What's, what's the term? Uh, young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> Welcome to Castles of Runeterra, episode 63. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. We are here to mansplain to you how these <laughs> cards work. <laughs> it's funny, like, we always talk about how you guys don't know what we're talking about before we hit that record button. <laughs> when we start laughing, you just think we're maniacs. Just know we're, we're nerds, man. Like, <laughs> we're talking about Monk and Final Fantasy, but we won't be talking about that here. Uh, because what we do talk about first is housekeeping. So up top, uh, you can listen to us everywhere. If you're listening to us somewhere right now and you want to go somewhere else, we're there too. So feel free. Um, visit us at podcastcore.com uh, for all of our info uh, and follow us on any platform you prefer. Then if you need to contact us, you can send an email to podcastcore at gmail.com uh, and then leave a like, follow, or a short review slash comment on wherever you're listening. We appreciate it. Helps with discoverability, helps get the word out. Uh, but the easiest way to get the word out is to tell at least one friend to get the job done by any means necessary by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. By any means. By that, any means. And that is our not official seal of approval for whatever happens. Yeah. And then we'll deny it because we approved nothing. And there you go. <laughs> a great man once said, do what you must because it must be done. Wise words. Yeah. <laughs> They're mine. I'm the wise guy. <laughs> you are the wise guy. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> so today's topic uh, is, we're, you know, we're back in the champions. We're kind of varying away from all the Piltover Arcane stuff. We still got more content coming, so look around for those. They'll be weaved in uh, to the releases coming up. Uh, but today, we're going back to Bilgewater to talk about some bubble trouble. Uh, we're talking about Nami. <laughs> Uh, the bubble trouble I, it, I it's actually kind of sad because there isn't really like a good example of like the bubble in Runeterra, but uh, there's I always think of the bubble with Nami. But once we get to the card, they did a great job. They did a great yeah. job, as, yeah, they, 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 as they, they tend job. to do. They would probably make it too broken, which is probably why they're like, let's leave that one out. I mean, we're recording this post-Anami nerf. Like, <laughs> True. It would be a three-mana not, burst spell. Yeah, it would be a three-mana burst spell. <laughs> <laughs> Nerfed into two-mana. Yeah, but we're going to get directly into it. So, as usual, we go through a spell, a follower, talk about how they relate to the lore, and then we'll hop into the champion. Um, yeah. So, Hetch, what do you um, got for us to start? I'm going to open open this up with a spell because this one is a bit of a doozy because uh, Nami can't keep it simple. And that's because this is three spells in one, baby. Yep. Uh, so, we're going to be talking about Tidal Wave. So, Tidal Wave is a three-mana slow spell. It deals one to two different randomly targeted enemies and you create a crashing wave in your deck. So this one kind of targets similar to make it rain. Um, and 
so instead of three targets it's only two but the crashing wave that it shuffles into your deck is also a three mana slow speed spell that deals two to four differently or different randomly targeted enemies and creates a colossal wave so again this is like a souped up make it rain without hitting the face and then it creates a colossal wave that is also a three mana spell that deals four to all enemies and the enemy nexus so uh, as far as like the actual card and spells itself it's cool that there's another effect that's similar to go hard um while also not being just specifically a kda thing so it gives us a little bit more of like actual lore stuff instead of the fun things that they've been adding into the world of runeterra um but otherwise this is just a card that only people like hetch will play um only the greediest of the greedy people is going to play this card because it's a little too slow uh, yeah. but uh of course when we bring up a card uh it is because of the flavor and each one of these cards have direct quotes from nami so with the first one we have oceans spill forth second one roiling seas engulf them and the third one rolling tides heed my call uh so i i like how like the most gentle of these is the third one of like rolling tides heed my call like yeah. hey pick up the phone um and it's by far like the biggest spell on the list it's just like, I love tiny everything. Ship. <laughs> it's getting engulfed yeah not just like it's because it's not even like that tiny of a ship it's a jaw hunter oh true uh, yeah it's yeah <laughs> like, that's a real boat like it's not like a little skiff in the water like that's just a big wave um but i did want to point out like these direct quotes because uh, Nami, when we get into her lore, Nami is the tide caller of the Mirai. And one of the things that we see in the lore is that the Mirai, they tend to be a little bit more tribal. So a th thing that is mentioned are the verses of the tide caller. And with a lot of tribal communities, they tend to pass down things through oral tradition. So I'm wondering if these are just direct quotes from nami and nami just spouting nonsense as she destroys hapless bilgewater residents or if these are like actual like oral tradition like these are verses that are handed down from tide color to tide color yeah that would be cool to know um when you think about nami think about talia very similar just talia in the water right their stories about their families and how things are traditional it's very similar, uh, and we have a Talia episode, so listen to that, and you'll get what I mean by that specific statement. Yeah, that is spot on. And as far as me being a little hung up on this idea of an oral tradition, we kind of have an example that supports my theory, and that takes us to the follower, mm -hmm. which for today we're going to talk about the Mirai Songstress. So the Mirai Songstress for the card is a two-mana, three-two, when I'm summoned, if you've cast a spell this round, grant me elusive. Uh, as far as the card itself, especially considering a Nami deck, and then at the point we're recording, this is like post-Bilgewater, so we got a lot of the cards that create pranks. Um, giving this elusive is not that hard, and uh, as Swim, 
refuses to stop showing us. <laughs> Elusive is a very important keyword. <laughs> um, so that's this is nothing to scoff at. But again, this idea of like tribal communities passing things on through oral tradition, I like to imagine that Mirai Songstress is more of like a um, – almost like a shaman or a wise a wise man, wise woman position, a position of authority and power. And we kind of get this off the flavor text because we have the flavor text. This is a direct quote from the serenade for the tide color, which again gives kind of more to this idea that there's could be verses that Nami's quoting. Um, and the verse that's quoted here is the ocean believes that the wave will return, gives trust to the ebb, to the flow, to the churn. So ere the wave tr crashes against the shore, the ocean delights in the crest's bold roar. And if this is a verse of like a bigger tradition that's passed on from like one uh, tribal leader to the next this could also be something that's passed on to like their chosen warriors or like chosen elite within the tribe. And uh, in the world of fantasy, a lot of things that do that, they tend to have a lot of power behind it. Yep. The, yeah, exactly. That's a great, great point. The power of spoken word um, in a lot of fantasy can do some cool things. Uh, and here we, we get to see a little bit, a little bit of coolness uh, from Nami herself, and a little bit of unexpectedness. Uh, I was talking to Hatch about how, you know, Nami is a character who's been around for a good bit, uh, but her lore, basically, like, put it this way, the people who play her in League of Legends probably don't know her lore because it doesn't really fit the character as she plays. Not even close. <laughs> but in the story, it makes sense um, because, and we'll just get right into it. So why do we call it Bubble Trouble? Well, because Nami's trouble. <laughs> so in the seas west of Targon um, is the tribe of Astaya that we know as the Maori, right? Am I saying that right? Oh, you're oh, Mirai, actually saying, Mirai, sorry. Yeah, you, you actually replaced it with a real tribe in the yep. real world. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. I was... Shout out to any listeners in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so long ago, uh, this tribe discovered oh no there's a rift in the depths as there always is the ocean is terrifying <laughs> don't look don't look at the ocean when you're swimming in it you look too deep and you'll never go back in the water again yeah it'll look back and that's not what you want <laughs> and that's even worse when we talk about runeterra and if you don't believe us check out our nautilus episode and our pike episode <laughs> So in this rift, there's this creeping darkness that's continuously threatening extermi the extermination of all life. A bit dramatic, but we'll we'll hear them out, right? And then at the center of the village, they have this thing where they place a glowing moonstone. And this creates this ethereal light, which is said to come from celestial magic. And that light protects them against the abyss for 100 years. Not 200 years, but 100. <laughs> You, you take what you get, right? <laughs> like, it, it might still be the number one, but at least you got two zeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> anybody who gets that joke, <laughs> <laughs> give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> 
So when this begins to dim, obviously the, you know, the peril grows again. So what they do is, well, when this happens, the tribe chooses their fiercest warrior. They give them the title of Tide Caller. That Tide Caller then goes into the darkness of the rift and retrieves an abysmal uh, abyssal pearl. Then they take that pearl to shore and they trade it with a luminous wanderer for a moonstone. They bring that moonstone back, rinse and repeat. Yeah, that I mean, th this would also kind of play more into this idea of like the oral traditions as well. Um, and not necessarily just oral tradition, but this is very traditional, kind of like you bringing up Talia's clan. It, they've been doing this for God knows how long, and it's once every hundred years. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a long time to be hung up on like a thing. Yeah, and at this moment, we don't really know like their lifespans uh, for this this tribe yeah. race. Yeah, actually, um, as far as just reading through Nami's lore, we don't really know about the Mirai lifespan. That that's interesting uh, to think of. They, it's got to be like a dis a decent amount of time, though, right? Because we know from Fizz's lore, yeah, that there were underwater civilizations that yep. did live for a long time, and Fizz has been around. Basically, since the beginning, yeah, like um, most water dwelling creatures in fantasy, they tend to be some of the progenitors to other races yeah. on land. So, yeah. yeah, they probably have yeah. a decent lifespan. Let's say like three hundred years. Throw that out there, yeah. right? Maybe. And we'll, yeah, we'll never know because Fizz would be the one to tell us the answer, and Fizz is a yordle. <laughs> so <Yeah>. screw him. <laughs> go go listen to our Fizz episode, and we'll tell you why. <laughs> so before this, because obviously this is a very you know tasky. Um, tasky. It's a very arduous task um, for them to do this every hundred years. I mean, it's a long time, but it, it's a lot to a lot of steps to go through to prevent this. Um, and before they started this ritual, they tried something. In the past, they attempted to send an army down there. They're like, let's just kill everything, right? That makes sense. And what they noticed is terrifying: is that they found the monster's strength uh, down there was always relative to how many soldiers they sent. So there was no solution. It was like, if you send 100, they're going to be tough. If you send 1,000, they're going to be 1,000 tough, right? Like, it's always going to be a fight. So they figured yeah. out a smart solution. Let's send one. Yeah, yeah. just send one elite soldier. So that way, the threat is only one soldier strong, but our soldier will be stronger. And this is foolproof and cannot backfire on us at all. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and that brings us to Nami. <laughs> yeah. So um, with this, they, so they send one soldier. They give them a legendary staff, which is usually passed down. Uh, and they're like, this is the best option because even if that soldier can't contend with whatever it encounters with, uh, they can at least elude it long enough to get the pearl and get out of there. Right. Because you're not dealing with a whole retreat of the army or anything like that. So cool. This works out for centuries, as we're told. Uh, and then we kind of go to the present again uh, where, you know, we have Nami. Nami wanted to be a tide caller. At this point, she was younger, um, but she was a fierce warrior, but she was headstrong, young and impulsive. Uh, and that's never good for a warrior. You know, <laughs> that's not only. OK, you're right. It's not ever good for a warrior, but. 
listen to name any champion episode here <laughs> and every league of legends champion basically starting off is just young and impulsive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then runeterra sets them straight and they're champions now because they survived being young and impulsive what's, what's the term uh young dumb and full of cum <laughs> It doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> Go look it up. All right. So, <laughs> so we now have kind of Nami's personality. She's young. She gets into trouble a lot. This does get her, like her personality always gets her into trouble. And then at this point, while she's young, the moonstone starts to dim. So we're at a hundred year point, right? And she's like, okay, cool. I'm signing up. So before they can, you know, sign up for this task, you have to go through these trials. Um, and she goes to the trials, uh, but the elders choose somebody different, a more prudent, level-headed warrior by the name of Rasho. And Rasho's kind of your ideal, you know, ideal soldier, um, studious, kind of focused. I'm like, yeah, let's send him. I, this makes more sense than Nami. It is she's crazy. And it is specified that Rasho beats out Nami because Nami is so impulsive. Yeah. And brash that like they it's like okay no you're not level-headed so that this is what put rasho ahead nothing to do with his combat ability exactly it's the, it's the fact that he could use his head yeah but what did have to do with his combat ability was he left as the tide caller and he didn't come back for a week and he didn't come back for two weeks and then a month passed <laughs> Uh oh! <laughs> Whoops! He ran out of gas. <laughs> I got distracted on the way back. There was a sale going on at Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to return after a month, which has never happened before. Remember, this is a foolproof plan. Uh, foolproof plan. They said this always works. Uh, so they argued what to do. And Nami, you know, being the person who wasn't chosen, got super impatient and was like, screw it. I'll do this myself. So she grabbed her mother's what's labeled as a bathy staff or a bathy staff. I'm going to say bathy staff. Yeah, yeah I'm not I, I'm not going to pretend like I know what this is. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming I, it's a I lesser... read this word. Yeah. I read this word like four times. Like ba bathy <laughs> bathing <laughs> bathing staff. My bathing staff, it, it helps get the hard-to-reach places. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to assume it's just a lesser um, weapon than, like, a tide collar staff is, right? And she took that and was like, screw it, and dove into the depths. So then she ends up returning with not only a pearl, but with Rasho's tide collar staff as well. Uh, but they do notice that she's not the same. Like, she has this horror in her eyes from what she saw. And this is kind of the character turning point uh, because someone who's brass or who's who's or brash and who's very impulsive actually experiencing something that kind of scares them straight is what I'm kind of getting the vision of. Yeah, no, th this is definitely a scared straight kind of thing. And uh, as we said earlier in this episode, if you look too deep in the ocean, it will look back. <laughs> and she did not like it looking back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she returns. And then they're like, okay, cool. We're mad you did this, but this is what we expected you to do. And you, it worked out, right? Everything worked out. So, okay, cool. You're officially now the tide caller. Um, now go to shore, find a landwalker, and get us that moonstone. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. It's not in, over in, yet. <laughs> in the defense of Nami, in yeah. the defense of Nami, like the her coming back with the Tide Collar staff and everything, you would think they just ease up at this point, right? Like, okay, clearly Rasho didn't pull it off. Yeah. But you saved the day. The, you have to remember that the goal here is apparently the end of the world and preventing that. Um, so, so then why in the world are you still pissed at her yeah. when she gets back? Just like, hey, we don't like that you did that. Get like, with the times, old man. Like, bro, bro, just chill. It, it, it's straight out like from Futurama with uh, President Nixon. Just like, I, I proudly and angrily. <laughs> <laughs> chill just chill so yeah so she heads to the shore find the land walker with the moons to trade for the moonstone she gets there and there's no stone bearer uh and she's like okay but there is an old woman an old woman who's waiting to kind of tell her what's up and this woman says that her grandparents witnessed the last exchange because they're human right so centuries are generations <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote the new meme thanks to the show arcane it's that picture of jace we can't wait centuries <laughs> <laughs> we have to see the tide collar now <laughs> so she says yeah but there's not one this time whoops and that's because the aspect of the moon so that's the person who conjures the moonstone we find out fled targon that's not good. We know why. Go listen to our Felios episode and find uh, out more. Felios uh, and Diana. And the Diana episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the Lunari are not in a good spot in this century. Yeah. This also gives us a time frame, which is cool, right? We get something lining up here um, because with the moon aspect, uh, a loon who is a fellow sister, go, go listen to it. it. That's actually one of our longer episodes, I believe. Cause there's a lot going yeah, on. There's a ton going on and it's definitely worth the listen, but it'll put that these pieces together, but it doesn't help Nami right now. No. It, yeah. it, if she had listened to the episode, it would have helped. This is why we keep, <laughs> and this is why we keep telling y'all to tell your friends so that you don't look like an idiot. In front of some old lady whose grandparents gave you a moonstone. <laughs> so she's like, okay, cool. This sucks. Because think about it. She had to go through defying the elders, going and doing it herself, coming back with PTSD, and then going to shore <laughs> just to find out she can't even fucking trade the thing. They no longer take that currency. So... Now she's okay. She, it's Nami still at her heart. So she's like, I'm going to get this done. I'm accepting this faith or fate. And I vow to find the aspect and get that damn moonstone. And, you know, her people depend on it. That's one thing that despite her attitude, um, it's the loyalty to her people and to her cause, uh, which, like we said, with other tribes in Runeterra, you see a lot. Even if you look at Freljord, right? It's people take care of their own regardless of their shortcomings and personality. Yeah. And of course, coming from a tribe that's so deep seated in tradition, even when you're butting heads with the elders, it's like you're, you're taught from a young age that like the tribe comes first. Yep. Um, yep. It's, a good lesson. it's a good lesson. We do get to learn like before we finish off with them, I mean, we get to learn something very interesting about the staff and specifically the question on everyone's mind 
how the hell does Nami fight on the rift of League of Legends? Exactly. And that's one thing when, you know, so she uses the staff. She summons this perpetual pool of moving water under her. And then she takes land. It's easy. It's simple. <laughs> Why didn't we think of this? Heck, it says it on the back of the tin. <laughs> it's just like it's nutritional facts and then the instructions for how to use the staff. The staff. Uh, that's my favorite snack. Canned Nami. <laughs> so what she ends up doing is just swimming on the land, essentially. Uh, and she goes on this brand new quest in this brand new world. And she's actually the first of her kind to ever do it. So for her kind being around as long as they have, uh, that's very impressive. And she's the one to pull it off, right? She has the attitude to do it. So that brings us to the end of, you know, just her biography and how she, you know, came to be the Nami we know today. Uh, and it's very interesting. Cause like I said, at just top us off start, or start us off. Nami's background story isn't what you would expect, which is props to props to, uh, you know, Riot for taking that route because mm. on the surface she appears like like I would think like a cute, um, fun loving character. Yeah. Her lines actually fit that type of persona, if, but then you look back and you're like, oh wait. I, th- I think a lot of people would like if they got curious enough to go and look up the lore would assume before reading it that it would read a lot like Soraka's lore. Yeah, and exactly. In- instead of looking to the stars, yeah. Nami's looking to the sea creatures of like, ah, let me heal you because that's how she plays in game. <laughs> like yeah. she, It's like, I'll lock down this guy so that you won't die. You dumb 80 carry blue flash. <laughs> oh no. I just, I just going diving down under a <laughs> tower. <laughs> He's going down the, the trail of tortured memories. You're right. I'm going too, too deep. It's looking back. It's always looking back. Take us to the card. Yeah, so let's talk about deep. the card real quick and the quotes on here, which are really cool because they kind of extend the end of her story. Um, so Nami is a decent card. <laughs> I'm saying that that's being you know facetious. She, she's it is, a good card. It is. It is now a decent card. Yeah, it, is, it was a it broken has been card. Balanced. <laughs> yeah. So Nami right now is a three cost two three um, with a tune, and then when you cast a spell, grant plus one plus zero to the weakest other ally that isn't immobile. And her level up is simply you've gained eight plus spell mana this game. <laughs> All right, and for anyone who isn't familiar with the card game, when the when Nami came out, it used to be seven mana, so you could consistently flip Nami on turn four. Yep, it was beyond easy to flip Nami on turn four, and there were way too many decks that would flip Nami with elusive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're looking at you, Swim. <laughs> it's, all, it's always his fault. Um, so, yeah, the card was strong. It still is a fun card, and it fits her very well um, due to how she plays in League of Legends if you play that game as well. Uh, but once again, the text on here is what we care about. So we have a little um, back and forth between her and her great mother. And it says, have you said goodbyes, young Tidecaller? Yes, great mother. Are you afraid? Yes, great mother. <laughs> this is good because we know she's afraid. She came back terrified. Um, take PTSD seriously, folks. Uh, good. Uh, and this also gives us a time frame. This conversation's happening after she's gotten the tight color yes. staff, not before. Yes. <laughs> but at least she's honest. That's the good part. She's not trying to play it up. 
right? <laughs> so she says, good. To be afraid is to be cautious, which is good uh, for her. But trust yourself as we trust you. Now go and may the currents keep you. And this is, you know, props to her great mother because obviously she understands Nami's personality. She understands what she's gone through. Nami's being honest with her and she's giving her reassuring words to say, believe in yourself. You're, you have the personality that kind of pushes you further than others. So rely on that. Yeah, like it- despite having the ocean look back at you, you're still Nami. Like, you're still an accomplished warrior. So have faith in being an accomplished warrior. Uh, And that does take us to the other side of the card. Um, So once she flips, instead of plus one, plus zero, it's now plus two, plus one. And, And this is why, again, Swim, we're looking at you in you nasty, elusive players. We, we're we're all watching you. Yeah. And we're just disgust in our eyes. Don't play the card game. So granting something means it's permanent. Um, that's what makes Nami so dangerous. It's not just for the turn. It's not just for the round. It's like this is permanent. That's why it became such a problem. Um, and it stacks. And it stacks. It, it, it is. It it will keep going as long as you got cards in your deck, baby. <laughs> But once again, when she flips, we get more text here. And this text is after she's left. And it's people talking kindly about her uh, behind her back, which is how you want people to talk about you behind your back. Be the person where people say kind things behind your back. So they say, do you think she's far along in her journey? Uh, We can only hope Tama, who I'm hope I'm thinking Tama's maybe her mother's name. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, oh. Like, we we have nothing to base that off of, just, like, gut feeling. Yeah, just because she was talking to her great mother before, and I'm assuming it's, like, a grandmother figure, so maybe she's talking to her daughter about her daughter, but who knows, right? Um, we're filling in gaps here. And then Thomas says, I can see her now, beautiful eyes glowing in the light of the moon, the shine of salt water glistening on her scales, uh, this burden, the fate of our people, it should not be hers alone. She's doing her part as we are doing ours, Lotto. I don't know who that is. Let's assume father, brother, I don't know. Tribe member. Let's, we're trying to make this cute, right? We're, we're, giving this, we're giving this a dash of that Disney spice. What, what, if, what if Lotto's uh, the great mother and like Tama's mom? True. That works. Okay, okay. That, that's a little less of us trolling. <laughs> yeah. And then we finish with a great wholesome statement that kind of encompasses everything we've been talking about is all we can do is believe in her and love her with all our hearts. And the studio audience goes, aww. Uh, uh, of course, like I, I read this and it ends with all we can do is believe in her and love her with all our hearts. And then I'm imagining the camera panning out and then it's quotes or like you see on the screen pop yeah. up like the name of your favorite JRPG number five, whatever. <laughs> if you're a Final Fantasy player, it's like ah, Final Fantasy 23. because it always deals with a young hero the chosen one leaving town to save the world baby yeah Yeah, that's it that's all we get for nami so overall like nami's story um i like where it puts us because this type of story um considering we have had some allusions to targon and arc and arcane um you know listen to those episodes to hear a bit about that 
Um, and then all the Targon stuff we've talked about, Targon somewhere, I mean, we want them to go everywhere, right? We're, we're the casuals of Runeterra. But Targon is one of those places where when you get into um, the Lunari and the Solari and then you get into the aspects um, with Ophelios and his sister, you can also incorporate this stuff as well. Because remember, Nami's the first one to ever go on land as a, more, a mer person. Um, which is going to be interesting for the people she comes across, right? <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna stop and go, is that is that a floating fish? <laughs> <laughs> That's a slur, Hatch. You can't just call them fish. I've never seen these people. Oh, I would no, I didn't know, a bigot. I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't even one, I didn't know they existed, and two, could you, I didn't know that they that there was two corrected terms already. Could you imagine? Was the, I under a rock? The first small town in the south she goes to, and they're like, go back to the water, fish. <laughs> we don't take kindly to your kind around here. You ain't from you around gotta here, have, are you? Yeah, we don't like you people with your fans. <laughs> We're bulldog fans. Oh, no. But, <laughs> but with that, as always, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon for the next episode. Yeah. And I'm not sure as far as the time frame and everything. So if, if the time frame matches up right or wrong, whatever. Happy holidays to everyone. Oh, yes. Spend time with your loved ones. We love y'all and take care, everybody. Yeah, take care of the tribe.